The confusion continues. Now there's no Josh or Chris Plank. It's TJ and Connor. With Chris Plank coming back up soon? Is the plan anyway? Maybe. He really pushed it this morning to... Um, I was trying to get him out for that uh, ninety uh, that, that break at uh, 9.45. Because he had told me the bus is leaving at 9.45. And he kept, you know how Plank is if you don't get him to break. He'll just keep going. So I hope the bus did not leave him, and he's like trying to catch an Uber now to the ballpark. That could be a possibility. So that that has happened to I don't remember if it was Plank, someone that had had that happen to him. Well, happened during on football. Was it during football? Well, yes, and they it was left earlier him? in the year. Yeah. Well, they almost left him. They had to get on late. <laughs> so we've got you for maybe a segment. I don't know how much we can get into in one segment before Chris is back and. Uh, carrying you the rest of the way. Uh, Air Comfort Suits and Texan, they say TJ's carrying the station today. Not the case. I'm just jumping in here for a little bit here and there. Connor and Josh are the ones that carry the station because not only do they carry the station, they carry the KREFsports.tv, and they never know where they're going to be, where I'm going to need them, where Perry's going to need them, where all of a sudden the state tournament is going to need them. So that credit goes to Josh and Connor. There's always there's always something different that it feels like. We got the late notice about covering the state tournament. So that's where my man Josh Helmer is at today at the LNC. That's big time. Good for him. Uh, good for him. Uh, given the coverage that you guys give all year long, you should have had the opportunity anyway. But we won't get into all of that <laughs> and the, the drama surrounding it. So how are you doing today? Doing good, TJ. I had a I had a long night. I called some soccer, Norman High and more. I encourage everyone to not go back and listen to my broadcast. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> so a very long night for me, but I did catch some college basketball. Soccer's there. difficult for anybody to call unless you're just like completely locked into the sport. I couldn't do it. I could I'm here's what I've always told everybody around here. I'm terrible at play by play. I I gave it opportunities early on here uh carry up there. You know, between Norman High and Norman North, there's always been opportunity to do that stuff. I did it a little bit before I was at this station. I was no good at it. I quickly accepted that and said, you know what? I'll find guys who are. And you guys all do a great job on the streaming and everything that we do with that and calling those games. But when it comes to a couple of particular sports, between wrestling and soccer, you know, It's not the easiest thing in the world because you're not as knowledgeable on it. And you don't sit there and watch hours and hours of soccer to see, well, this is how so-and-so calls the game. So it can be it can be difficult. So you get a pass on that. You gave it an oppor- you gave it a chance and you did your best, and that's all we can ask of you. So um Big Twelve tournament will uh continue on today. Uh as Plank mentioned, the games yesterday, not exactly the um, drama or uh, you know, going down to the wire that you would want and hope for in tournament games like that. There were a couple of those in some other conferences, but those games yesterday, pretty much, um, the teams that ended up winning. I won't say it goes how we thought they would because some of the lower seeds did win, but uh, or the higher seeds, I should say, did win and, and beat the lower seed, but um, they did have those games pretty much in control the whole way through. So maybe we get drama tonight with the two games as uh, we play in those semifinal games. So, But not the drama or the uh, the finishes you would have hoped in those games yesterday in the Big 12 tournament. 
No, yeah, Oklahoma State pretty much laid an egg Man. against Tech. They put up 47 points, and they didn't They didn't do much offensively against OU either. Well, that's the thing. They had that one stretch against OU early in the game, and the fact that OU was so bad offensively, that was pretty much enough. Even when OU went on that 12-0 run, OSU was able to maintain the lead, and then they were both just terrible in that second half, and it did not get better for Oklahoma State yesterday. I think, uh, so. Yeah, I think OSU shot 27%, if I'm not mistaken, from the field, which is not not great if you want to pull out a win in the tournament. Uh, TCU over Kansas State by 13. That wasn't much of a game in the evening. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, uh, Even though um, TCU won that game and maybe weren't expected to, especially with Lampkin and the drama surrounding that and calling out Jamie Dixon and some of the, the off-the-court stuff they were dealing with, uh, they went in there and just handled business, and that one surprised me. I thought I thought you'd get a better showing from Baylor, but maybe it goes back to what Plank was saying about some of Baylor's philosophy with the Big Twelve tournament. We know where we're at. We know we're locked into the NCAA tournament. Let's just go ahead and uh, rest the bodies and get ready for right. next week. So. Well, and then when everything went, felt like was going downhill for Iowa State, they just picked it up. They got a win over Waco at toward mm-hmm. the end of the regular season, and now they beat Baylor again. Now they got some momentum. Uh, heading into the rest of the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. That's the Big 12 tournament for you, though. Momentum that I thought they were going to go the other way. Uh, you know, Caleb Grill, same thing. Off-the-court drama, guy leaving the team. Um, sounded like some of that could be kind of similar, you know, depression and some other things going on with both those guys, with Lampkin and um, Caleb Grill and the way they – I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the issues of them off the court. But, yeah, uh, both those teams – suddenly flipped it this uh, past weekend and, and going into this tournament. and They're playing better than I thought with what they had going on. So um, we'll see. Uh, Connor will be with you this evening as well as he'll be the producer for OU Baseball. Toby down in Houston for that series with Oklahoma. Uh, pre-game coverage will start with that at 6 o'clock tonight. First pitch at 6.30 uh, against a Houston team that um, – Will be competitive, but you hope that OU goes in for sure, wins two of three, but a sweep would be nice in this series. Yeah, and they got that. They were down six to one against UNLV and came storming back and then ended up winning the game. That was awesome to see those guys come back from behind and pick up the win uh, at home. See if they can carry that on against Houston, which, yeah, I don't think Houston's a great club. It could be a sneaky club to go, go up against today. Uh, five and seven. Toby gave some of these stats earlier. Five and seven right now in the season, but only hitting two fifty five as a team and a team ERA of six forty seven. So it's been a sluggish start for them. Uh, could be an offensive day. Putting a lot of guys on, which could be bad for them if that trend continues. If you're going to be walking a lot of sooner batters over the weekend, they're going to make you pay for that. So, uh, yeah, you want to take this series and carry the momentum that you've, like you said, you built with UNLV and. Offensively, they've been just great over the last several games. Yeah, well, we talked about them not coming in clutch when they had runners in scoring position. They're doing a lot better job of that and bringing guys in. Their hitting mm-hmm. is uh, starting to pick up. and Their bullpen guys are starting to come together, too. We'll have uh, Kate Kale Davis on the mound today, the OSU transfer. Yep. So we'll get to see him again. Yeah, so uh, you got that coming up this weekend. You got the uh, finals coming up uh, in the next couple of days for the Big 12. We'll see what happens with OU. I know that was a lot of the talk yesterday. Nothing's changed from yesterday with me or nothing I've seen um, that I think they're going to get an NIT bid. <laughs> well, so I guess, much- well, I guess now you don't have to be 500. 
Uh, now I'm, you don't have to be 500. We've yeah, I, they've changed that rule. But I guess since they've changed that rule, which changed all the way back in 2017, and I had no idea I did it had not been know that either. long. No. Toby, from as far back as he could find, there hadn't been a team that had got in under 500 since they even changed the rule. And now with teams like OSU, Lenardi thought was in with that win Wednesday night. Then suddenly some other games happened yesterday and some things play out the way that you don't expect. Now he's got them out. And if you've got teams like OSU and stuff taking those spots in the NIT, that's even uh, – it's probably best. I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't know at that point besides getting Milos Uzan and Otega away a little bit more playing time and getting them some postseason experience. I guess. I get, yep. I guess you can say that's maybe what you're looking at, but so OU could be the first team ever to get in the NIT with a below 500 record. If if Toby didn't miss something, like he was looking through all the brackets for the last several years, and he said, "I don't see a team with a losing record since 17 when they changed the rules." So they could have overlooked someone, but I don't believe so. Um, yeah, and Oklahoma State could join join in the NIT as well. I mean, there was a bunch of different stuff that happened uh, yesterday. North Carolina lost, which we'll see if they got enough to get into the tournament. And same thing with uh, Villanova, so I, a couple blue blood. Yeah, right and North Carolina, I think, is NIT bound. And I don't know. Is that a program that would accept that bid? I don't know. That's, I want that's that the bit. thing. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if you want it. Uh, that's know. crazy going into the na- going to the national championship game last year and then can't even get back in the tournament. Yeah, things have things have not gone uh, well for them at all. So a lot of that going on. We got a uh, text here saying that uh, they're checking in on their way to Kansas City for the Big Twelve Women's Tournament. Uh, everyone needs to tune in to watch OU tonight. Viewership has uh, helps grow women's sports. Um, yeah, absolutely. Normally we would have that game for you, but obviously with baseball we'll have that, so um, you'll have to find that radio on the call. On the basketball side, just looking at their comfort solution text, I think everyone's about done and ready to put a wrap for the 2022-23 <laughs> season. Jim in Arlington, getting an NIT bid is like getting an invite to the Poland Weed Eater Bowl. Yeah, I mean, your expectations with OU every year should be you get to the NCAA tournament. I get it, though. You want to compete and keep playing in NIT, though. I mean, it's just not, yeah, just not, get, not, not the I same guess, whatsoever. I guess, yes. And if you had, see, this is the thing, too. In the past, the NIT was great. If you had a young roster and you were building for the next year and it was going to mean growth and development, like I just said, for those two guys that you hope return for Oklahoma. Now you're into a situation where programs aren't built like that anymore. Every year, it's going to be a constant revolving door with the transfer portal, and you don't know what freshman, sophomore guys. You may have an indication you think certain guys are coming back, but you have no idea at this point. So at this point, is that development even necessary for the current team and what you have built? Because, and this goes for everybody, not just Oklahoma. I think it's going to be constant change in your basketball roster. And that's just how kids are in the sport of basketball today in general. Right. They'll be with one traveling team. The next year they're with another traveling team. Some parents go to the extreme of moving towns to get them on a different AAU team or traveling team or academy or whatever it is. It's just a constant revolving door in basketball. So as a developmental aspect, 
is the NIT even going to be the same anymore of what you used it for? Because that's what it was based on previously with these teams. Well, it, it, we it, were well, a cusp tournament team. We're going to yeah. get this young team. We're going to build. We're going to get them more experience. It gives us more practice time with them. But if seven or eight of your guys are gone, what does that matter? It yeah, doesn't. And, and, well, and if you get teams like we're talking about Oklahoma in here with a losing record, a yeah. team that's really not playing great late in the get year, on, do you really want to put them in there? Get on to discussing with those young guys that you do have. Hey, are you locked in? We want you back. Let's start building this thing. I'm going to get on the road. We've got great guys coming in. I'm going to keep building on that with the portal. Um, are you locked in? And then, boom, you're going forward. That's how you're looking at it, I think. I, I get it for the young guys. It's just so hard to get excited for an NIT, especially when you're, you're just not playing great basketball late in the year. you got really nothing going your way, and then you get the NIT bid invite. Uh, who knows, though? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? One other thing before we get out of here. Do you know what tomorrow, what happened to tomorrow three years ago? I do not. Not on the top of my head. The uh, uh, Rudy Gobert shut down the whole world. Yes. I, that's, <laughs> that was, that's tomorrow. I'll still blame him. Uh, March 11th, I believe, is March what it 11th. was. Uh, I saw a video. I think I saw a video yesterday. It popped up on my page. I was wondering why it popped up. <laughs> Rudy Gobert ruined it for everybody. I still will blame him. Freaking Rudy. Uh, he had to be that guy. Uh, what a night, though, as that was playing out and, and so much confusion and the shutting down. Hey, of the it league. started in Oklahoma. OKC, baby. Started it all. It started <laughs> it all. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. That's Connor. He's on the other side. He'll be staying no matter what. I may be back for another segment. Otherwise, it's going to be Chris Plank returning from the Plank Show from a hotel to the press box. We'll see. We'll all wait and see what happens after this. It's the Plank Show on the ref. Back after this. Ah, all right, uh, welcome back. Uh, the Plank Show. You're bad. You're bad. Chris was quite upset. He was banning people again yesterday. He is not back. We are uh, waiting on the GOAT, apparently, and uh, Chris to have his pregame interview with Patty, and then uh, he's hoping to join you guys uh, next segment. So I guess if it's for Patty, I'll let it slide. So I'm back for uh, one more segment, and uh, Chris, will, Chris will join you at 1030, I guess. Is he frustrated? Uh, no, it did sound like it on the text. Okay. He says, uh, waiting on Patty, just hope to be set up by 1030, so... Um, just waiting to get his pregame interview. I think he's all right. Um, you, you have a girlfriend. I saw this yesterday. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I would end up on an episode of Dateline because I killed my parents. But there is a billboard that's popped up, Connor, that I saw this on social media yesterday. This is not sports-related, by the way. Uh, a family that have posted a billboard in the Dallas area, that giant across it says, Need a car? Date our son. <laughs> and then it says, <laughs> this is on a billboard. He's a smart but socially very shy guy. Date him, and the date's in quotes, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange... We will give you a 2004 Buick Regal. It's clean, rust-free with 40,000 miles. Serious inquiries only. Send emails to dateourson at gmail.com. And it's got a picture of the Buick. That's great marketing. Wow. Using your son as bait for a car. <laughs> hey, get, get, yeah, get your son's ha! name out there. See if, see if they'll date him. 
What's the conversation like in that household, though, with mom and dad? Man, we're really worried about Jim. Still hasn't dated a girl. Still hasn't talked. We have to it anyone. on the bill. We have it on the billboard, hey. but still no calls yet. And, and I'm just assuming Jim wants to date a girl. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he can't let mom and dad know. Hey, it's not really Jill I'm wanting to date. It's another Jim. Okay, <laughs> it's Jack. Don't want Jill. I want Jack. But like as parents, like maybe they think they're being funny. Like ah. Oh. You, you haven't had a date. You're going into college. Dude, we're getting you a woman. We got the Buick outside. We don't need it. We're putting a billboard up. We're finding you a date. If you don't get a girl before you go to college, this, well, it's on your own now. This just seems to me we might end up on the 10 o'clock news. That the son has a little bit of enough of the parents and said, I can't take this that, that That's got to be awesome. Hopefully it ends well. Hopefully guy, uh, the dude finds himself a date. Well, he deserves it after going through all that. Oh, my gosh. Someone said, uh, Brooke says, are you all talking about that movie with Jennifer Oh, no, so it's a movie? Uh, they got me, then, if it's for a movie. That makes sense. I'm, I'm confused now. I'm not sure what movie so we're this talking about. So uh, this is for a p- promote a movie. Um, if so, that's great. Uh, I get that, then. That's funny. Uh, I thought it was legit. And I was going to say, man, the parents. So probably you email this address. And then they send you back, hey, go see Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. Brilliant marketing because they got me and they have me talking about the billboard. Yep, it's a movie. All Jennifer right. Lawrence, yep. The no film releases on June 16th. <laughs> Excellent job awesome. by the movie company. No hard feelings. No hard feelings is the movie. Excellent. All right, that explains everything. I was worried for this mom and dad that the son might kill him over this. I was too, yes. All that's right. that's right. disturbing. That yes. makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Toby and I hit on it a little bit earlier. What are your thoughts on the Big 12 rating the Pac-12, pulling in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Arizona State? And here's why I ask you this. Because for me, just because you're adding something doesn't make you stronger. And I think this makes you weaker as a football conference than what you could have been with the Big 12. I'm not for, football-wise, any of the schools that they've added. Outside of BYU. BYU has a following. They've got a lot, a huge fan base. They are a known commodity. I get that a little bit. But my, my thinking behind that, Connor, is Utah's had a little bit of a run here. All right. Arizona State will jump up every now and then and win eight or nine games and have a decent season. Same possibly if Dion can turn things around at Colorado. But my thing is, you could have had a pretty solid base of football teams and, and programs with OSU, Texas Tech, TCU, and been really competitive a little bit like they've done with basketball because you all kind of fall on the same plane. I don't think you're adding programs that make you better and it's all built on football your basketball is already great you're adding Arizona in basketball that's going to be great Arizona State Arizona in baseball good programs but it weakens you in football again and that's where it's at that's where the cash cows at that's where you're talking about this TV revenue so 
I'm not buying into it makes you better just adding these teams for the sake of adding them. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I know you got to add three or four teams. I just don't know if these are the teams you want to add because football, like you but, just said, is the big dollars. But if we're talking about college basketball too, I mean, Big 12th is loaded in college basketball. If you do bring in Arizona, that's a really solid uh, team to add in there that's made some big trips to the tournament sure. and top, top 10, top 15 team. But outside of that, I mean, Arizona but, State, but that, That's my question. Why – why add something if it doesn't make you stronger in football? Why do you need to add? You, you th- that was my point when you said, "Well, you got to add teams." Why? Why not be the one that says we're a power five? We're only going to sit here with eight, nine teams. We're going to all be pretty solid in football. You're going to have years where Baylor jumps up, wins a conference championship. OSU's going to win some. TCU's going to win some. Heck, in that situation, Tech might even win some. I think now you're adding programs that even if OSU's having a good season, even if Baylor's having a good season, people are going to say, yeah, but you're beating the likes of Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. You're, you're, you're not adding much teams that are going to be very you're competitive. You're not making an impact. No. I mean, Colorado. In sport, you yeah. need to make the impact. Now, if you were pulling in, like, like say if, if they would have got ahead of the game and you're pulling in USC or, you know, you, you add USC and Oregon, and then you're making an impact in football. So I, I don't get this rush to, like, we've got to add these teams, which will probably see the end of the Pac-12. We're going to see that anyway. That's a conference that's not going to be able to hold together with the way everything's going right now. Well, I, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a random list, too. I, I get the Colorado because with Deion Sanders uh, coming to And the to previous town, ties yeah. to the Big Eight, sure. But o- outside of that, I mean, it's, that's, kind of, that's kind of brutal. Arizona State and Arizona really haven't done anything football-wise. All right, we're. Uh, someone, I, someone says competition, no, but Phoenix and Denver TV market. I guess. Are they flooding to the TV for those football games, though? That's my point. What's sexy about those matchups? Well, so, it's, it's just money, money, money. I mean, Colorado's got a ton of money to throw around. I, and I hope Colorado comes back and, and Dion gets that program turned around and uh, they go back to, to reliving some of their. Their heydays in the Big Eight, the way that they did. I get. I just that does nothing for me in that particular sport to add those schools. I guess that's my point with it. Great for certain situations in basketball. Great for certain uh, situations in baseball and some other sports out there. But I was about to say baseball. I mean, you got some baseball's good teams pretty in nice. There. Yeah, Arizona, pretty nice. Yeah. So Bas- basketball is all right, but if we're talking football, man. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. All right, I'll let Plank get back in here. He is going to be ready to go on the other side. He is set up and uh, ready to go from the booth. Appreciate you guys jumping in here with me for a little bit today. Plank and Connor coming up next, right here on The Ref on The Plank Show. Connor, does it feel weird having to go between hosts like this? Does that make it tough? Are you good? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's been been a crazy day, though, Plank. So you got to fill me in, like – as we welcome you to the Plank Show, now I have made my way to Mrs. Well, a news park we're at um, Mississippi State University for today's OU doubleheader. Weird doubleheader because you have a game at 1230, then they don't play again until later on this evening, and uh, then just one game Saturday and one game Sunday. Not complaining, just kind of a unique setup from a game's perspective for OU. A lot of times it's two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, but we've seen that shift a, li- a skosh, a skosh this year uh, with the Mark Campbell Classic and then this weekend. But in in our trip, 
And by the way, I was so concerned about the schedule, I want to make this very clear, that I didn't even get the Patty Gasso pregame interview, Connor, to make sure that we were over here in time so that we didn't extend TJ too much. Right? we got to make sure that arm's fresh for Monday morning, right, and that he'll Still, be ready to go yep. for the 68-team giveaway. But what – because now Josh isn't in at all. In fact, Josh is calling a game right now, right? Yes, he's got he's got Norman High and Evan Memorial at the state tournament at the LNC. So what happened? How, how did so, this all end up? Okay, so the last group, I guess, messed up during the game, so we got the call. <laughs> KRESports.TV, we got the call to go up <laughs> yesterday in the afternoon. <laughs> So we had to switch so much stuff around to make that happen, and we got it. Do you think if I would have been in town, I would have finally got the call to do a high school game, Connor? You were on our list. Well, it was on the list. Okay. (laughs) All right. As long as I can make the list, that's good. Well, good, man. KRefSports.tv will have all the coverage of the high school tournament. I want to, um, before we get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we got our top five stories of the day coming up here in just a bit. I want to go back to what you and TJ were talking about, and I – I don't know what the level of care or concern is going to look like once we get out of the Big 12 and into the SEC. I I don't know how much of a um, concern or care that that will be there amongst our audience, our listeners for the Big 12. I, I'm, I'm still going to follow it. I'm still going to cover it. And if, if I'm along lines with the same line as what you're kind of – what it seemed like you guys were talking about, Connor. I just, I don't understand this sudden push for the corner schools. I mean, to me, and it's been there for a while, and I know that it's not, someone's telling something something, if that makes any sense at all. Someone's spreading information because I don't have any clue why that would be your push and not, say, Oregon and Washington. And the interesting thing to me is everyone keeps talking about Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten, and my take hasn't changed on that, Connor. If Washington and Oregon were going to the Big Ten, they'd already be there. They would have been in that. And there is no, what are they waiting for? There's not any more money involved. TV's not adding juice to your contract if you add Oregon and Washington now. So I've never really understood that. The, the push from what Andrew Marshan has consistently said for the Big 12 is that allegedly there's a clause in their contract that if they, add, if they add a power five school, either Fox or ESPN, I would assume it's Fox, in, in good standing, Fox would go back to the negotiating table with them if they had a power five school. I guess my confusion would be, why is that Power 5 school, Arizona and Arizona State, why wouldn't it be Oregon and Washington? Right? Oh, yeah. why w- that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what me and TJ were talking about. The four teams, you feel like you're in a rush to add more teams in the Big 12, but those are the four teams you come up with, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. And we're talking about the top sport here, football-wise. I mean, Arizona and Arizona State haven't really done anything in a while but for college basketball it makes a little sense but for sure. talking about college football yeah I, I don't know about that you, you know what's interesting is of all the um of all of the conversations that are usually had surrounding conference expansion conference moves shifts there is not much talk at all involving basketball 
if there is one thing that it appears Brett Yormark is taking much more seriously than anyone else has, it's basketball. Now, is some of the things that they're doing goofy? Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically getting a song for the Big 12 tournament from a rapper that no one's heard of. And honestly, I won't lie to you, I've watched a lot of the games. I haven't heard it at all, so I don't really know what the point of that is. Um, I, I know that there's some people that are hot because they've moved the media up to the upper deck, which is hilarious to me because I've been in those events where, you know, you've been in the same spot. I Talk about the World Series. Talk about things like uh, these events that grow in college softball where it's like, yeah, I used to sit down there and like, oh, well, you're up over there now. And it's fine. But I know how that frustrates some people. I just – I guess the bottom line for me more than anything else for – the future of the Big 12, I don't see what you add by getting the 16 with those four teams. Unless, and those four teams being Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. In, unless it's a basketball move or unless it's a move to make BYU happy. Yep. Which is the first time in the history of ever that a team has been in a conference for less than six months and you would make a move to make them happy. Yep. It's never it's, 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 it's got It's got to be a basketball move. I mean, OU, I mean, Texas... Really good season, college basketball-wise, and you're adding uh, three of the four teams that are pretty decent at basketball. Arizona, top five teams. So, yeah, if we're talking about basketball, that's what makes more sense. Here's here's one perspective that is a good point, but I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, and I, and I think you brought this up, but you're adding Phoenix, Denver, Salt Lake, good TV markets. Yes, but that's that's not the way that people are looking at at conference growth anymore that's very that's very Rutgers to the Big Ten thinking and I hear what you're saying because I feel that same way too it's like okay well it would make sense because you get the Phoenix market you get the Denver market um, that would make some sense but does that even really matter anymore it's about it's about play play on the field I mean you're gonna have Arizona Arizona State towards the bottom in the Big 12 football wise and I'm not gonna lie I've never been more confused with people telling me what matters and what doesn't matter because, to me, if, if it was, hey, the best teams, the best programs, then I'm breaking my leg to try to go run up and talk to Oregon, right? I'm not tripping over myself to go get Arizona. If TV markets are still as valuable as some people try to lay it out, then, yeah, I've been told by the people that follow this that it's about brands. That that's what matters is, you know, Oklahoma and Texas aren't in the SEC because of a TV market. They're in the SEC because of a brand, so, and the idea is you're going to bring more people to the um, to the streaming side of it than you are on the on the eyes watching TV. You know, TV ratings are important, but it's not nearly to the level that it once was. Look at the Big Ten. Look at the Big Ten. Who are the programs that get good TV ratings in that in the Big Ten? Two, right? Ohio State, yeah. Ohio, Ohio State, State Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Right. That's it. Um, so that's when they made their move to go get that DC market to try to go get other places. They're they're really they're really they're really big, uh, or were really big on TV markets with the Big Ten Network. Now I don't necessarily know if that's as important as it once was, but it's a fair it's a fair point. It's a fair point on that front. If you're going to say, "Hey, it's TV markets," I would say, "Eh, maybe," but I don't think it's as important as it once was. Brian. Uh, Brian writes, I'm sorry, but adding Utah 
has got to be the same people that let me graduate high school. Makes no sense. But you have BYU, why not add Utah for the Holy War as a conference rivalry since you're losing OU Texas, not comparing either. See, that's the funny thing to me is we want to try and create these rivalries when in all reality, you know, a lot of them have to come. And, and, and BYU-Utah is not creating a rivalry. It's there. They've played each other for years. But when you're like, hey, OU-Texas is gone, who's going to be your next great rivalry? Well, let's let's see what happens in the Big 12. Maybe maybe Baylor and TCU reignite what was a pretty heated rivalry in the early, what, 2010s, right? Maybe maybe you have a situation where there's a – and this goes back to a conversation we had. I'm, I'm, I'm rehashing old shows now, Connor. But, you know, in thinking about the, the SEC, if, if you're trying to figure out who's going to be those three permanent opponents, right, for either Oklahoma or Texas or whomever – you know, you're going into a place with a lot of teams that you don't have a ton of in-depth history with outside of Missouri and A&M and to a much lesser extent Arkansas. you got to go back many, many years ago for that. So, you know, how do you even create a rivalry to begin with? you got to have compelling matchups. you got to have something happen. <laughs> Maybe there's a dust-up. And you got to be playing for championships. Yeah, so, uh, and, now, and now you don't have any rivalry. We've, we've seen stuff with Texas Tech and Baylor in the past, but that's not something that really gets your attention. But adding maybe Colorado with Deion Sanders, maybe Colorado can get something going, have a rivalry there with a, a Big 12 team, but who knows. I, I, I just find myself in everything that it appears as if Brett Yormark has done right so far, and I'm not even saying that this ends up being a mistake or wrong. It just seems very perplexing and confusing to me that that next move would be to add, and I get it, Deion Sanders has been the head coach at Colorado for like four months, and suddenly they're going to win national championships. But your ad is a program that has been abysmal in football, um, a, a program that has stepped up in the Pac-12 on a big stage in Utah and has done well but doesn't really drive revenue. Uh, in, in ratings, and then Arizona and Arizona State, who have been out and out disasters on the gridiron the last couple of years. So they're seeing something that I don't. Um, but I, I I love these conversations because, you know, what's the arc, Connor? We talk about the arc. What happens? There's a report out there that things aren't going well in the Pac-12. Then all of a sudden, there's a report out there that the Big 12 is ready to pounce, and the four corner schools are coming. And then the report that follows that is what. Well, it looks like everyone's staying together. <laughs> the you next know? day. Yeah, the next the day next report. Day. Yeah, actually, that's not going to happen. I, I feel like we're in a, 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 what is it, wash, rinse, repeat yeah. kind of cycle with this. And it and it's it, and it's a rotating kind of people who have the report. Ah, Dennis Dodd is reporting, or this guy's reporting. It just, it never, ever changes. Never. All right, um, quick break. I don't know how I got so caught up in that, but I blame you, Connor. <laughs> so when we come back, we are watching – is this Southeast Louisiana and Omaha? Patrick Dunn, the birthday boy, confirms. What? Why were they calling you P-Pop? What is that? It's Patrick Dunn's birthday. Um, I was I was not the first person to say happy birthday to him this morning, which always to me is is a problem. I want to be the first person to tell you happy birthday when it's your birthday because I still get every single Facebook notification. But happy birthday to Pat. We're waiting on. OU and Southeast Louisiana. I believe they call them Sela. And does it I, does it look like it's going to stay on time? Maybe that's too early to tell in the well, game right I, now. We're in the top of the third. 
Um, our game is slated to start at 12.30. This game is only in the top of the third inning, uh, and it's 2-1. to one. So I would say this game's clipping along okay. I would say if we're delayed, it would be, well, you know what? I'm not going to say anything, Connor. Because <laughs> just keep, yeah, don't, just, j- don't jinx I, anything. Or... I felt like we were on a good schedule on Saturday, and the next thing you know, we ended up starting 40 minutes late. So we'll keep our faith. The weather um, is is holding off for now. It looks like tomorrow is going to be nice. Looks like Sunday is going to be the concern. But for now, Selah has a two-one lead over Omaha, two to one, top of the third here at Mississippi State, the Bulldog Classic. All right, when we come back, <laughs> let's uh, let's hit some of these tax snacks on the route. You know, Connor, after a debriefing with the executive panel for the show, um, I do pretty much think we're not going to start on time. <laughs> this game is uh, <laughs> this game is two to one. It's in the bottom of the third inning, and neither team seems to be in a hurry right now. And how about was- that? We were just talking about how there's a good chance they'll start on time. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, there's there's no inning clock here, so there's no there's no rush. I will say though, um, Sela Southeast Louisiana's head coach looks like a guy that has a a YouTube page that tells you you need to eat liver or that you need to be uh, outdoor doing yard work. I'm kind of surprised he has his shirt on. He looks like one of those guys that. He looks like one of those guys that literally has a channel. He's like, we're going to go chop some wood right now. Let me show you how to chop some wood. Blue-collar fella. Old yeah. school. Yeah. It looks like he got lost and ended up coaching a softball game. And uh, he's let him have it, man. Two to one right now. Bottom of the third inning with nobody out, which means this game needs to get over in an hour and a half, and it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. I have a very concerning text message that my daughter just sent me. All right. You ready? How, how concerning does that seem to be, Pat Dunn, when your daughter – my daughter's supposed – they have a thing going on. There's like a celebration this week in my kid's school, and she literally just sent me a text, Connor, that says, we're watching the Holy Grail Monty Python. I mean, is, is that acceptable? I mean – I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it's raunchy or anything. I don't think it's – but it's – is that is that, appro- is that yeah is that appropriate yeah. to watch yeah. I mean, her school? She, she has fourteen now, so maybe there's a little bit of of forgiveness that can come with that. But huh, I, you know what? Honestly, I think you can learn a lot a lot from Monty Python's Holy Grail. I really do. You can learn about overcoming adversity. That one night had his legs and arms cut off, and he was still ready for a fight. So <laughs> yeah, overcoming adversity. I can't oh, wait man. to send that. My wife is going <laughs> to flip ass when she sees that. All right, so uh, let, let's put a wrap on that conference conversation, which, again, I usually get dinged on this show when people are like, all he wants to talk about is TV deals and conference realignment. Well, I want to make this very clear. TJ and Connor Pasby started this, not me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with what the 918 has to say here. Who cares who joins the Big 12 after the Sooners go to the SEC? Good riddance to bad rubbish. Move on, fellas. You know, I I wonder if that will be the idea and the theme because I am I'm very happy the Big 12's going to survive, right? I, I don't want to see the Big 12 die. There's great history there between Oklahoma and the Big 12 and the Big 8. But I don't know if it's going to be as much of a conversation piece as it had been ever. You know, I... I don't think what happens to it as far as where it stands 
in revenue and where it stands in TV deals and where its TV ratings are, I don't think it's going to matter all that much to us. Well, then, but who's, some, who's it? I mean, ahead, some of Tom. us will watch. I mean, Big Twelve. Sure. I'm not. I'm not going to sit back and watch it. Arizona versus <laughs> Texas Tech. I think yeah, it's just no. all, all about the matchups that uh, get my attention. About it, it, and I want to. I want to continue to make this point, and I know we're up against it. And we got the top five stories of the day coming up next. But here, here is a point. We are on now. Everyone having some sort of report or story about. I talked to so and so. And this is happening, or so and so has told me this, or we're hearing sources, bro. How many people were on the uh, on the inside of Oklahoma and Texas's move to the SEC? So many people, <laughs> right? But but how many people knew about it before it happened? Like, were you were you aware that OU and Texas were moving to the SEC until the Houston Chronicle reported it? That those conversations were even taking place. Yeah, not really. Yeah, no, no, no. How many people knew that USC and UCLA were in negotiations to go to the Big Ten? How many of your quote unquote insiders had that story? I've got the answer for you. Nada, Zippo, Zilch. Information is out there now because someone wants it to be out there, and that's it. Either it's to be courted or because you want to be courted, and that's where we are. All right, uh, we're in Stark, uh, Stark Vegas, baby. And when we come back, let's dive into the top five stories of the day.